Okay, today we are starting Leviticus, and we're doing chapters 1 through 4. <laughs> I'll start with something silly that I just dawned on me a week or two ago. Uh, I, I just never thought about it, I guess. I'm sure it's obvious to everyone else, but uh, it just dawned on me. Oh, Leviticus. Like Levite. Levitical. <laughs> so that's what this you know chapter is about. Uh, instructions for the Levitical priesthood. I don't know why that never occurred to me. I just thought it was a weird word, I guess. I just basically never thought about it. But, uh, you know, the Levitical priesthood was established to be the ones who in charge of the worship of God and the teaching of God's ways to the people. And so there's a lot of instruction in this book on those details. Um, Originally, as I understand it, there was not five books. There was just one really long book that Moses wrote. Um, Somewhere along the way, they separated them, and they gave them names. And so that gives us Leviticus, and let's get into it. So we start out with uh, the Lord giving instructions on burnt offerings and animal sacrifice, and that this sacrifice was to uh, take the place, uh, basically atone for sins of the people. And it's important that they pick a, a good animal. In other words, they're giving a sacrifice of something that's valuable to them. They're not sacrificing a, an animal in their herd that they want to get rid of. They're sacrificing something that is costing them. And and so that this is... Setting up kind of a right relationship between God and the people. And God has specific instructions to the Levites about how to do that, how to take in the offering and to present it to the Lord. And that's chapter one. I'm I'm not going to go in great detail. And so we're on to chapter two. And chapter two is about the grain offering. And again, specific instructions. And it shows us, you know, they're taking some and and I, I think I read when I was making challah one time that the word challah has to do with the peace uh, that is burnt up for the Lord, um, which is kind of cool. It's, it's, it's kind of ties when you make a loaf of challah, if you do, as I do, uh, it just ties it into this uh, worshipful act and, and sacrifice. But, um, but then the rest of the grain is to be eaten by Aaron and his sons. And so it's this principle that these people are um, they're serving you on behalf of the Lord, and so you should you should uh, care for them. And uh, so that this theme is is repeated, you know, throughout Scripture, going back to Abraham presenting the offering to, um, you know, presenting a tithe to um, Melchizedek, and and then in the New Testament as well, and, and you know, Paul talking about doesn't. Uh, an ox deserve its grain, and of course he says that the law is not in there because God cares about oxes, but because if someone's working on your behalf in in spiritual ways, that you should be uh, helping them in in natural ways. And so the Levitical priesthood was not doing all the work that the that the regular people were. They were they were focusing on the Lord and serving the people on behalf of the Lord and serving the Lord on behalf of the people, and so. Um, everyone else was to help them in uh, in maintaining their lives. And again, God is very specific. I mean, there's, you know, most offerings, there's no yeast or honey that, that can be allowed in it. However, with uh, the, I think it was a first fruit offering, 
you do use it. And it's just very specific details on how to approach the Lord. And that's it for chapter 2, and then we move on to chapter 3. An interesting point I saw, which I wanted to repeat from the uh, Filament Bible. Uh, I just read the kind of intro to Leviticus. And it talked about the difference between other people of that time and what's laid out in Leviticus. And most people in that time would approach an idol and sacrifice an animal to an idol um, based on the the desire to manipulate their so-called God. Whereas uh, what's established here by God is not a way to manipulate him to give you what you want, but a requirement to approach him and to be in right standing with him, to have the covenant relationship in force simple uh, requirement in order to be with God and not a, 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 any kind of form of manipulation. I thought that was a really good point and so maybe something to keep in mind as we read all this. And chapter 3 is really just more about different, uh, different animal offerings to the Lord and again specific instructions upon, uh, upon how to go about doing this. One thing that I never remember noticing before is that the very last verse 17 says you must never eat any fat or blood Um, now the idea of not eating the blood of an animal is really important and really well established in scripture so if you remember when the um, uh, when Paul comes back to the council in Jerusalem to check in with them about what he's teaching, what the Lord is teaching him, and what he's teaching in all the Gentile world, because they were dealing with the Judaizers who who were wanting the people to all be circumcised and and other ways of following the law. And they all got together and they said, okay, well, there's just a few important laws that must be kept. Um, So no sexual impurity, no, uh, I, I, I don't know if I remember, uh, I think there were four, and I'm not positive I get them all right off the top of my head, but I think it was no food to idols. Um, uh, what else? I can't remember if this one was an add-on or, or one of the four things, but, uh, re- you know, help the poor. But then one of them was don't eat the blood of the animals. Because the life is in the blood. It's just a really important thing. And uh, so you see that established here. But what I didn't remember is, it's interesting, it also says don't eat fat. Um, I'm assuming that has to do with animals that are presented because I I think in other scripture, I mean, fat is talked about as the, you know, delicious, wonderful part of the animal and to be enjoyed. So I'm... I believe by this reading, this has to do with animals that are being offered up as sacrifices. And then we're on to Leviticus 4. There's an important principle that pops up uh, early on, maybe verse 2. Um, and, and that's... There are... Um, you know, there's a there's a, a principle of headship or leadership. And when a leader... Uh, a, a leader can provide blessing or curse for those under him. Now, this can be, this can be a father. This can be a king. This can be, you know, uh, a, a high priest. 
And so it talks about when the high priest sins, bringing guilt upon the whole community. And so it, it gives instructions about how to uh, get rid of this guilt and sin. But, it, but it's also an important principle to understand about how the world was created and, and how blessings and curse, curses flow. Not because somebody's up, um, you know, saying, oh, you're cursed, but because it's just principles of life and how the world works. And so, you know, it's good for us to know how the world works when, we, when we're living in it <laughs> so that we can go about our lives in a holy, set-apart way where we, we train ourselves to walk in the proper ways of, of life and freedom and peace. Enjoy. A big point made in Leviticus 4 is atoning for sins that were uh, committed or lived in without even knowing it. And this is, uh, this is kind of a reality of life, I would say, for, for everyone. Um, that as we come to know, as we come to the Lord, we realize we were living in sin and we, we need to atone for that. Um, and then even as we start to grow in the Lord, he reveals to us more and more ways that we fall short. Also, sin is just falling short of the glory of God. It's, it's a state of being more than an act. The, what is typically called sin are the acts that are the outcomes of sin. Um, and so you can use the word either way, but, but the true sin is just the fact that we are short of the glory of God. And so as we're growing in God, he makes us aware of new ways in which we fall short. And, and so we continually um, come to him in repentance and looking to him in, you know, turning around and growing so that we become more like him. That's the, that's the important process of discipleship that uh, it, it has to be there in order, you know, for us to live the life that we're called to and to know the Lord and walk with him. And so this, you know, chapter four was kind of a picture of that. And that's all I have today. Uh, God bless you.